Welcome back, folks, to Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a glasses fan and a house-cleaning boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who feeds his goddamn family. Well, every human will hide him. Uh, very well, thank you, mate. Very well. You uh, you moving into the realm of the spectacle wearer, are you? Uh, not myself, mate. I have a perfect vision. I don't want to be tarnished like you bin wearers, <laughs> so let's not start that rumour straight away. My good lady... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my good lady over the course of two weeks her eyesight has just gone i mean like badly yeah to, disappeared. To the, yeah disappeared over the course of two weeks and it started a few weeks ago we went out for a meal the first time we've been out with friends since the lockdown three four five whatever had happened and, i believe you yeah whichever one it was i can't remember it's all they've all, well, they've all blended into one and we were reading a specials board, and Sarah said, "Can you really read that board from here?" And we all looked at her slowly, and like you know, we did the slow turn and went, "Yeah." <laughs> she said, "Oh, I can't, course. I can't see that board." <laughs> and I said, "Really?" And over the course of the past Fucking few weeks, up. I've just been kind of doing little, like she's like, "Okay, do a little test for me, or get an eye chart, or just do something so I can keep seeing if I can do it." And then she said a week ago or something. Sometimes when I'm driving at night, I'm thinking, is that a car coming towards me or going away from me? I was like, right, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's fucking, that's awful though. Like, for, yeah, I've, I've been in some ways fortunate enough to have to have worn glasses ever since I've had fucking object permeance, basically. So like, I can, ever I since you got eyes. How, yeah, I, well, there's, there's this famous story my mum always, <laughs> internationally renowned tale, legend. Famous, really famous. Tells. Yeah. There's this um, probably still a shopping centre in Kingston, where not Kingston, Jamaica, Kingston in London, okay. uh, where my my parents always used to take us because it was like a local big shopping centre or whatever. And to get from the car park to the actual shops, you go over like a like a bridge over there. I think it's a motorway. I think it's one of the, one of the London motorways. Um, and apparently, yeah, like we just always go across, and Mum would always be like, "Oh, look at the buses and lorries, will." Yeah, I'm like two, three years old, whatever. Couldn't give a shit. So, all right, fair enough. Kid doesn't like cars, whatever. I won't. I won't push it on him. Finally, get my eyes tested. Get a set of glasses for me when I'm like three, four years old, however old it is. Next time we go over that fucking bridge, I'm straight up at the glass. Like, I'm looking at the fucking buses down there, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this kid has been blind from the day dot. I love that, yeah, that your mum just, like, you've never seen a bus or a car before in your life thinking, what are these contraptions <laughs> they're talking about? All I can see is blobs whizzing around. You're living in some space age kind of fucking Philip K. Dick fantasy yeah. land where there's just blobs moving around in space time and stuff. <laughs> I'm still I'm still down in the fog. Yeah, but, um... yeah, totally. You're basically still in the womb at that point. <laughs> you're just nothing. All you get is like muffled noises now and again. <laughs> like a little kitten who hasn't opened his eyes yet. <laughs> But yeah, like I, point being, I feel for people who like have that experience of your vision deteriorating. Like I can't, I can't even imagine how how that must be. You know, one you're going along, and then like Sarah, one day you're you're just like, oh shit, I can't actually fucking see anything anymore. Like, yeah, it is a bit mad. And weirdly, when after Sarah gave birth to Georgia, her eyesight went then, but it only went for about three months, and then weirdly, it just gradually came back. Fuck so yeah. she's not. She's not needed glasses, no headaches, no, never complained about it, no nothing. So she and she actually bought a pair of glasses and wore glasses for about three months, and then one day she obviously just you know she took them off to do something and we thought oh that's weird I can see better <laughs> with my actual eyes so then she stopped wearing them, which that's is even madness, weirder. Yeah. I know, just crazy. 
everybody in her family wears glasses. And I think, genuinely, I think there's maybe four or five people I know in my entire life who don't wear glasses. It's really weird. I don't know why everybody I know seems to wear glasses. I'm not sure why that is. And for the longest time, there was only me, Sarah, and Georgia in our in our family who didn't wear glasses. And now Sarah does, so very I, weird. I, I kind of get it where it's getting more of more commonplace to just pick up a pair of glasses when you get a bit older, you know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. it's not like people's vision have collectively gotten worse. We're just getting better at diagnosing and treating slightly off vision, you know, not maybe 18-18 rather than 20-20 in. So do you want to be bumped up to perfect vision? Yes, I fucking will. Thank you very much. Yeah. It is funny as well, as it? Sarah says for the longest time, you're going to blow your eyes out because all you do is stare at computers or TV screens. <laughs> and yet my eyes are I'm seriously not a single issue ever. And I said to her, I guess it's like you with having glasses since you've basically been able to see that you've never known any different. I don't think my brain or eyes know any different apart from screens. So they're just used to it. <laughs> They're like they were born in the screens. It's like fucking Bane. Like <laughs> we were born in the screens. We lived this. We were fine. Whereas I think if somebody was, I don't know, worked outside or something, or was worked on a farm or I don't know, an outside job, and then got a job in front of a computer, I think yeah, they'd blow their eyes out in about three months because it's oh yeah, fucking like, right it, up, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, people who come into the office where I work will sometimes sit with me if I'm teaching them something or showing them something. And they say, "How can you stare at this computer all day? My eyes are killing me." I was just so I'm just used to it, I think. I don't I don't know any different. I've never known any different. Like I said, I got my first computer when I was four or five, so I've never I don't know, it's like thirty five years at this point of just having my eyes blasted constantly by these rays. On on that, little little PSA for for everyone out there, yeah. Um go go on your computer, yeah? Go on your computer, go on your settings, go on your control panel, and same for your phone as well. Tell, I don't know whether it's going to be called a blue light filter or a night yes, light. Yes, I'm a big blue light guy. Fucking yeah. put it on, mate. Put it on and thank me later. It's going to look weird for a second, like everything's gone a little bit orange. But fucking hell, it helps you, helps you with the headaches and stuff if you use computers a lot. helps you sleep at night if you're a fucking telephone addict who can't put it down until you put your head on the pillow. Get yourself your blue light filter on. It's going to sort you right out. Yeah, absolute, absolute team blue light over here for sure. Big recommend. All right. Hey, speaking of blue lights, the Jets could have done with some assistance from emergency services, couldn't they? Because, <laughs> oh, uh, fucking... Oh, thank you. Mwah, thank mwah. you. People, I don't know how many times I have to say this, we really don't plan this out. This really is two fucking idiots just sitting down and chatting the shit. <laughs> we have like a it's, couple it's, of topics and that's it. <laughs> it's pure freestyle. Pure freestyle. Yeah. Well, like... <laughs> We're the podcast version of Battle Raps. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's. I, I was thinking more, um, whose line is it anyway? But yes. Oh, yeah, nice. Raps. Yeah, yeah. We're Second City people. That's what we are. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, of course the Habs are going to sweep the Jets. It makes total sense. In hindsight, looking back on it, you everybody should have picked Montreal. Because if you knew what we knew then about the Jets, nobody would have picked them. Can DeMelo goes down from a defense that's already crap, so you've literally just got the goalie and nothing else. Dubois has to be injured. He has to be, because a oh, player yeah, who's fit can't play that bad, especially not after how he played <laughs> last year. He was fucking unreal in the bubble last year. Like that, His bubble experience last year got him that trade, because I'm sure he was playing in Columbus thinking, God, I'm way better than this team. I deserve to be on a proper contender. I'm really good. 
and people must have been ringing him and saying, "Oh, why don't you try out looking at you know maybe maybe do this?" And then he gets his move and it's not worked. And I think he's been injured the whole time. Obviously, Statney couldn't do anything. He's fucking injured. Shifley shits himself and fucking goes nuts for some reason. Of course, they're not going to do anything. They're then their great depth is then completely obliterated, and now you're looking at like a line and a half against the Habs team that plays, I guess, like a the newest version of Devils hockey, shall we say, where they just use their big boys and they lean the fuck out of you and they get their goal and that's it. You ain't getting nothing off them after that. Yeah, you ain't crossing the red line, so don't worry about having to actually defend. We'll just fucking clog you up in the neutral zone and uh, yep. see see you next time. Yeah, I'd, I'd still kind of can't believe it that we're looking at the Habs in the conference finals, but fucking why not? All the way, all the way to... Yeah, as much as the Jets have had their issues that we've covered, like, fucking hell, a sweep is still a sweep, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, especially... Against, like, against the team who came off sweeping the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking hell, therefore, the, the Habs are fucking one of the best teams in the world at the moment, apparently. Okay, well, they're definitely going to be one of the four best teams in the world in a couple of days, aren't they, when the uh, when yeah. this conference finals start? I, I, if I'm Vegas or Colorado, <clears throat> Vegas, um, I wouldn't be excited to play them in the conference final. I think it's not like they're just coming out of the gate either, though, now, because whoever's playing the Habs are going to look at the Habs and go, okay, we need to take these guys really seriously. You sweep a team, all of a sudden, you're not just there because of a good goalie or luck or a good bounce or you are a good team and you are playing well. I mean, maybe they're not a good team, but they're playing well right now and like we said last week they have every every factor you need to be successful in the playoffs they are playing to that right now and they deserve a ton of credit as much as the Jets you know just in the end didn't have it and genuinely I think they had a ton of players injured and players not performing pardon me you gotta give the Habs credit you gotta give the Habs credit oh yeah absolutely they've they've really yeah they've just come together and and playing as a team for want of a better way of putting it you know i'm no major analyst or anything like that but that's that's all you need to do they are playing that kind of playoff hockey for want of a way of doing it they're grinding out the fucking wins and hell it's it's fucking working like jesus for a for the season that we're seeing in that north division at least you know of stars disappearing of course that's gonna work you know that what's the second best thing to have in Having stars when stars aren't uh, aren't performing in the playoffs, having four decent lines with some fucking mustard kids in there. I think I can't decide what's going to be better for narratives. Is that if the Habs get swept by whoever they play, that everybody was right all along, and the North Division really was gash, or if the Habs beat Vegas or Colorado, that the regular season really does mean nothing. <laughs> I can't decide which one I'd prefer more. <laughs> I think the thing with the regular season that I'm coming to realise as to why it means less than, say, like a normal league-based league without, you know, without the playoffs is this season especially, and, and even still in like a regular season, a regular, regular season season, you're not, it's not an even split of games, is it? It's not like you play every other team twice and then, okay, now everyone's had exactly the same schedule. Great there's point. Your, there's, your, there's your fair standings. Yeah, this season especially, you're only playing within your own division. 
even in a normal season, what you play five games against each other person in your division and you only play the other conference twice. So it's never going to be, you know, like if you do end up in a, in a division with even one or two teams that are just fucking punching bags and that's an easy 20 points right there, that weighs the standings differently to if you're in like a group of death, as it were. So I think as much as normally I'm definitely a regular season kind of person, like if you're if you're beating if you're racking up the most points against every other team in the league, you're obviously the best team in the league. But yeah, if it's not an even split of competition, then it's not a fair representation. I as we said at the time, I think I think the Jets fucked it at the deadline. I really do. I think they should have paid whatever they could. I mean, I guess hindsight's you a wonderful. You said Jordy Ben wasn't enough. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but we said at the time, you've got to go out and get the, the best players available sometimes. It can't always be tit for tat, a one for one, a giving up a six for this guy here. And that's, I always wonder what the narrative's going to be from teams that get eliminated. Because the Jets, by all accounts, that's a good season. They got to the final eight. When there's only one thing to win every year, as we said before, you can't have one team is good, the other 31 are shit, or 30 or whatever you want to call it, are shit. It, it, that, that can't be the way it works. So the Jets had a decent season. They swept Edmonton. They got further than Toronto. They should say, yeah, we had a decent season. But as we said at the time, in that league coming up against teams that you should be able to compare yourself to, you know, you should have just given up something and got a decent D-man or at least a better player. And as I said, as I just said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And if they'd done that, maybe they still lose, and they're still now looking at what well, we gave up all this stuff like Toronto, and we got nothing for it. But yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because if they'd if they'd done more and hadn't gotten out of the first round, or even even hadn't gotten out of the second round as they did, like you you might you could easily spin it the other way and say, oh yeah, you wasted all these picks when in this alternate universe you could have just brought in Jordy Ben, not played him, and still done as well. So it's like. I still think it's a successful season for the Jets because they did far better than yeah. anyone would have expected them to do. And the Habs haven't trailed <laughs> in a game. <laughs> what is it now? Like 450 minutes or something like that? It's fucking madness, isn't it? Which is That's the longest better. run in the playoffs by any team since the 1993 Habs. A little bit of foreshadowing there for you, eh? Fucking Maybe. I mean... Yeah, you know, once once you're in the conference finals or the semi-finals, whatever you want to call it now, like it, bets are off, innit? All bets exactly. are off. Like, exactly. I could I could absolutely see the Canadians winning the cup and I wouldn't hate it. I think like like you've been saying this season, I don't care who wins. I give a give a fuck. Like I don't really want the Islanders to win, but equally if they do win, fucking good for them. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Who who cares? Yeah, there's no kind of Christ, I mean, I'm not surprised fucking some Bruins fans don't like me, but <laughs> you know, like, yeah, even if the Habs and I'd be like, yeah, all right, because to me, the I don't know, I just, I guess because you know, I'm, I'm not that died in the wall. Everyone from Boston has to hate everyone from Montreal and vice versa, and that the same thing happens to me with other sports teams where one of my great friends is a fan of a sports team I used to traditionally not like, and now I can't hate them because then I feel like I'm hating a friend. And Jason Paul and Dyson Sphere and Paul Campbell and like these yeah. are all Habs fans and they're great guys. They're good, good. They're good dudes. And I want. And if their team wins, I'm happy for them. You know. And it's kind of, I don't know. And I think, like I said, once your team has had success, if you then are against another team having success, even if it's your rival, then you're just a poverty fan. Why do you care? 
that you know why why would I've seen my team win a cup I watched them do it so why would I care if another team okay yeah my team's won I'm happy I'm why would I care if another team wins now you know but uh, I will say that there are definitely some people in Toronto who are definitely still furious as did you see the uh, the tower in Toronto was lit up in Habs colours to no. celebrate Canada did you not see that oh oh dear oh dear oh dear the official, I think it's the uh, the official Twitter page of the uh, CN Tower in Toronto has lit up the tower in Habs colours with the message along the lines of let's fully get behind Canada's team now, which is just, <laughs> I mean, okay, there's taking it maybe a step too far <laughs> for me. You know, I don't mind who wins it, but I'm not going to nail my flag to the fucking mast and say, let's go Montreal. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I think like it, it's... It's whether you're buying into that thing of like, oh, we want to see a Canadian team win the cup. Like, if you if you want to get into that sort of, I can't believe that for one second though. I can't believe that for one second that fans in Canada care about any other team except their own. Why do they care? No, like the the closest example I can think from our lives is like, yeah, say England get knocked out of the Euros and then Scotland go through. Are you going to want Scotland to win the Euros? No, give a not that I wouldn't want them to win, but it's like I don't know, don't give a shit. Like they're just another team. Every, everyone's let's, the ops, Dan. Let's uh, let's etch the Scottish flag onto the Houses of Parliament, shall we? In support, <laughs> probably, probably do that anyway. Why not? Yeah, why not? You know what that says to me though: the owner or the person in charge of the lighting or whatever is a massive Leafs fan. And this year was enough. Like, I fucking had enough. That's it. I'm sick of this team. I am fucking done. How can I get back at this team in the pettiest way possible? I know. It's, get get it's me not, some white, blue, and red light immediately. <laughs> Bulbs. And then I can get them out. It's, it's either that or they're a massive Habs fan and like the only Habs fan in the office. Like, you know what? Fuck the lot. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I know, or maybe it was a bet. I hope it was a bet. If the Habs make it past oh, Toronto, God. you have to let me light up the tower. Yeah, right, whatever. Of course, mate. No probs there. Not going to lose that bet, am I? <laughs> Two weeks later. Shit. <laughs> Fucking, it's a thing of beauty. That's great. That is great. Fucking hell! You can tell the fan base is pissed off when your own team, when your own fucking city is trolling you. I mean, yeah. that is un- unbelievable. <laughs> Working against you. Yeah, surprised you haven't had fucking effigies of Dubas hanging off the side and stuff yet. That'll be next. That's gonna fucking happen. Did you hear yeah. about that guy who was um, trying to like get uh, get camera camera attention when he's dumping his uh, Marner jersey or whatever after Game Seven? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, all right, buddy. All right, mate. All right, mate. Calm Just down. Chuck it on TikTok if you want to go viral. You fucking pleb. Right. I think we should move on to I think we should move on to the Islanders and uh, the Bruins series. Uh, why don't the Islanders still get more? Why don't they get any more credit? Why don't they get more credit? I don't it's understand. Fucking good, to be fair. Like they're so good. They're so good. I I don't Talk understand. About. I was listening to something today, and people were still going, "Yeah, but I still fancy the Bruins in seven. <laughs> why? <laughs> why?" And this isn't Bruins or Islanders fans. This is just fans of other teams. They don't get any credit. And here's the crazy thing, right? If I asked 100 NHL fans to pick two teams, I'm still not sure. So, like, tw- let's go a full, a full 21. I'm still not sure a single Islanders players would, an Islanders player would make it onto either of those teams. Maybe one of them would, maybe a couple, but 
I don't think, like, a guarantee. And what do they do every year? What do they do every single year? They get to the playoffs and they win rounds. And not to quickly put this back on the Leafs, but since Lou Lamarillo has been there, they've won six series. Six. And they just That's never get any mad, credit. Maybe because they don't play an exciting style. Maybe because they haven't got that absolute megastar who transcends the, you know, the league or whatever. I don't know. But it's it's definitely because they are it's an un- uninteresting team who play a negative brand of hockey. Like how can how can you enjoy watching a team that wins a bunch of games and never deserves to win the games? You know what I mean? Like, but you can't say doesn't deserve to win, do they? <laughs> like they deserve to win. You can't win six series by being fluky or lucky. How can, over the course how can of you three years? At, how how can you look at the fucking? Have you seen the the Corsi percentages for for game five? Yes, I did. <laughs> at five on five, sixty-eight percent coiled to the fucking Bruins at five on five, and then the and then the the fucking Islanders just eke it out. Like, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, if you win, then you deserve to win. But fuck me, man, fucking hell, like, just like yo, know, what three quarters of the high danger scoring chances were fucking. For the Bruins, like any any five on five metric you want, the Bruins are dominated. the The Islanders only won that game because of the power plays, and it's not even like they have one of the most beautiful power plays in the league. Do you know what I mean? If they were, if they were the Islanders at five on five, and then the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning or the or the Hurricanes on the power play, fair play. But like the fact of the matter is, the Islanders give fans, neutral or otherwise, nothing to get excited for. They could go fucking eighty two and zero, and guarantee any neutral is still going to be like, Ugh, the Islanders, fuck that, I'm not watching that. But do you not think there's a little bit of a kind of, they have to play that? No, not they have to play that style. I don't know that kind of dogged, determined. Everyone constantly. I mean, not like writes them off saying they're terrible, but kind of never gives them credit. They're constantly playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they should for that reason because they never get any credit. Do you not think there's a kind of romanticism to that kind of determined team who just sort of drags out wins every single game? Oh yeah, I think there there is. They deserve credit. They're doing exactly what they need to do with the roster they've got and the players they've got. They and and like we said, the proof's in the pudding. They are successful, and you have to give them credit for that. But I can absolutely see why nobody is jumping to the defence of the Islanders because it's there's all there's almost got to be an element of like we don't want to promote this style of hockey being successful because then you end up with thirty two teams that are playing like the fucking Islanders and then <laughs> it's a copycat league. Fucking hell, we're gonna yeah we're gonna become a fucking Champions Hockey League podcast because <laughs> the NHL will be dead. <laughs> You know we're going to get Habs Islanders, don't you? Every game's going to be one nil in the final. <laughs> I like Habs. I, I, I'd rather watch the Habs than the Islanders. Fucking hell! Like, yeah, I think I would, especially for the for the kids on the Habs as well. Watching yeah, Kotkaniemi, like, yeah, Caulfield, and Suzuki. Yeah, exactly. Fucking it, man, boy. You know what? It's amazing. Like, just to quickly jump back on the Habs, but I mean, fucking hell, Bergevin's the greatest GM in the world in January because he signs all these players. <laughs> Then by the time it gets to April and they're on a massive downturn, he's like the world's worst GM, and now he's a genius again because he took he's got Suzuki, he got Caulfield, he got Kotkaniemi. They had no centre depth. That was the joke for years, and now they've got three that could be absolutely lights out. 
dude, mad uh, madness. And th- this is all without Jonathan Duran, who on paper should be one of their better players. Yeah, yeah. Funny, oh, but yeah, back to. Back I haven't to, seen you know right, rightly so. I haven't seen anyone talking about how Jonathan Duran's missing out on the best playoff run in you know recent Habs history. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's a um, that's a fucking hit piece for another columnist at some point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just quickly to touch on the Bruins Islanders, one more thing. I I don't know why you know it's gamesmanship, but Cassidy going to the media and complaining about the refs is just, like Bruce. What are you doing? Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, obviously, there's a massive penalty disparity, which is unacceptable in the NHL. Of course, like, was it? And, and yeah, you can look at like the five on five numbers and say, yeah, there's no way that the Bruins, in theory, would have would have given away as many penalties when they got the puck all the fucking time. Were they egregious? Like, were they were they bad calls, or was it just like what was the actual score in those games? Because I, I haven't watched them. In terms of, I think, in terms of the aggregate, the Islanders are up by one over the whole series. So it's been super, it has been super close, but Bruins fans complaining about the refs need to give their head a shake because <laughs> there are penalties, as I endear myself to the fan base even more, there are penalties for the Islanders that the refs have missed, but there are way more things that have been going on instead of those missed calls. The Bruins have been giving up stupid penalties. Fucking David Krejci sparing Matt Barzal on the dick. Why are you doing that? Stupid punches in scrums that get you two minutes. Why are you doing that? Cross checks. Why are you doing that? It's not like the Bruins have suddenly been penalised. The Bruins were one of the most penalised teams in the regular season and the Islanders weren't. So this playoff series is just playing out like the regular season. The team that got more penalties is getting more penalties. The team that didn't isn't. It's not difficult. There are things like in... Oh, I can't remember what game it was, but... Pasternak misses an absolute open goal, a legitimate open goal, and hits the post. Somehow. I don't know how. At that point, I would have put my fucking nuts on the line that he would have scored it. That's how open it was. I mean, as I mean, as open as open could be, and he hits the post. Things like that. How can you have a game where you you concede five goals on 19 shots? That's not good enough. You can't you can't expect to win. How do you expect to win games if you do that? So you know, like I said, I think it's Cassidy just looking for gamesmanship, trying to maybe get something out of it. And probably in retaliation to the fact that Trot said Bergeron cheats on face-offs, which I just found, you know, that's hilarious. Of course he does. <laughs> Everyone cheats on face-offs if they can. Why wouldn't you? Like, he's one of the best face-off guys ever. You know, probably because he cheats a little bit. And he should. He can get away with it. Why not? So if you ain't If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, yeah, there's been some missed calls on the Islanders, but... You know the problems for the Bruins has been has been way deeper than that, and and little simple mistakes as well. And we mentioned at the start of the season about the Bruins decor. You know, like some of them have made mistakes that younger players will make. So, you know, I, I get this kind of the kind of Bruins thing of like we have to try and win because you know Marshall and Bergeron get older and you know Krejci and all that kind of thing, but. You've got a really young decor back there. Like Charlie McAvoy is what, 23, 24, something like that. And he's your stud defenseman. He's still learning the game. Chara's 43 and was still good when he was 42. He had 18 years experience on McAvoy. That's nuts. You know, like, so, and like I said, I think the, the Islanders have played a good game. Heavy guys, lean on you. Dump and chase, forecheck the shit out of you, make it tough for that young defensive core, and that's what they've done. But yeah, 
the the complaining about the refs is like, yeah, whatever. You know, there's there's bigger problems than that. You've got to fix if you're going to win a playoff series, especially against the Islanders as well. So yeah, I'm not too I'm not too bothered about that. Well, we'll actually we'll go to the next series that's not finished yet, but looks like it might be now after Vegas takes a uh, game five three two last night. Avs had to have that one. Dude, Vegas look unbelievable at the moment. After that first game, which was nuts, and I said to you last week, didn't I, that they should have had game two. Like, they gave one away. They should have had game two. But game three, game four, man, I watched I watched all of game four. Dude, that was just wave after wave of odd man rushes for Vegas. I don't know what's happened, but they've fucking just gone, like, full Super Saiyan for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's like they finally gotten you know got the engine churning if you will and it's like okay yeah we're back to back to being vegas we had a bit of a bit of a hiccup against the the wild in the first round you know it took us a bit longer to get going than we'd have wanted to but yeah now we're here to to fucking have it and yeah you talk about talk about failures and successes of seasons like i wouldn't want to say this year's a failure for for the abs because to come up against you know (laughs) <laughs> the Avs win the President's Trophy who do they meet in the second round the fucking team that came second in the fucking league like come on 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 a fake season on a fucking fake season could we not have done all 16 I get that you've got to keep the Canadian team separate for as long as possible but to still end up in a situation where you've got the two best teams in the league facing each other in the second round is fucking unacceptable if you ask me yeah, it was the it's the it was the um, for the past two years the Boston Toronto Tampa situation, where yeah, the literal that, three um... best the three best teams in the entire league all play each other within the first two rounds, and you think what what are we doing here? What is the <laughs> like this is nuts? It's it's fucking madness. It's fucking madness. But yeah, I think I think Vegas are going to go through now. We're gonna it's going to be. I reckon we're going to see a Vegas Montreal and then Tampa. Tampa, Boston, dude, you're fucking mad. You're mad. I I can't. I still can't bet against them. I still can't bet against them. I just, I just think there's been too many mistakes in that series for the Bruins to suddenly stop doing what they've been doing. Yeah, and I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's they're not just suddenly going to go. Oh, I know. Why don't we just stop punching people in the face for no reason? (laughs) Like, just stop doing that. Why are you doing that? (laughs) But yeah, I think Vegas have got it now. I think um, to battle back as well, like the Avs probably think they've got that game. They're kind of, I mean, I'm not saying in control, but they're thinking, all right, we're kind of back up here, home ice. Even if we lose the next one, we'll probably come back here and win. And what are they all? What's the tired cliche? You're not in trouble until you lose at home. And now they have. And now they've got to go back to Vegas next week. Uh, sorry, um, in the next couple of days. And it's going to be absolute chaos in there because Vegas fans are fucking nuts. When does the... Um, I'm going to ask this. When do we start the one of these two conversations? Nathan McKinnon can't get it done in the big game, or maybe Joe Sakic isn't such a good GM after all. When do we start those conversations? For the record, both of those things are really fucking stupid. But at some point, it's going to be out there, isn't it? Let's not pretend it's not people. I, th- I think the first one's going to start if they don't get anywhere next season. Because to to be fair, that last year they got knocked out, knocked out by the Stars, who went on to the conference, uh, went on to the Stanley Cup final. So there's an element of like, all right, you got beaten by the second best team in the playoffs, so you get a bit off the hook there. And I think this year, you know, 
it's a funny year. You come up against Vegas in the second round. You know, if they do go out to Vegas, that's you can write off a bit. But I think people will start asking that question if they don't get to the final next year. But for for Joe Sackett being a bad GM, like I don't know how how can you possibly do that? I think I think that conversation might start if he doesn't make the right decisions this summer, which is going to be a big summer for the Avalanche. And then they don't perform next year. Like I, th- I think they're kind of going to be hand in hand. Do you know what I mean? If they then don't, if if Sakic lets the wrong people walk this year or brings in the wrong people, and then they don't don't have success in the playoffs again next year, those two are going to come come hand in hand. I'm, I think I don't think the f- I, the first thing might happen the McKinnon thing. I don't think it maybe will because he has dragged the team. He always ends up with yeah, the most points the and all that kind of thing. It's not like McKinnon hasn't been performing and, uh, and the Avalanche are going out. Yeah, exactly. It's not a Matthews and Marner situation. Like He is performing t- to the best of his ability. You know what the Saki thing's going to be, don't you? Because with Kadri out, where's the grit? Where's your jam? Where's your playoff heaviness? That's what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that's... If people are using that example to, to shit on the Avalanche, like that's, you're just telling on yourself then, aren't you? But, but are you, though? Are you though? How many, t- dude? I keep saying this to you. Look at the past three or four, the past three or four years. The teams that have got to the finals or won the cup, bunch of big guys in there, bunch of heavy guys who give you no ice. And the Avs don't play that kind of style. They like to, you know, they, unfortunately, well, the Avs like to play the game properly and make nice passes and score beautiful goals. We don't want that in the playoffs, do we? We want fucking Shea Weber and Eric Gustafsson, like you know, squashing people in the corner. <laughs> I just still think like you can't have the success that they've had the last few seasons in the regular season. Well, I, I say that. Of course he can. People are definitely going to fucking make that, that argument. And, and how Sackett responds to that and then how the team performs based on his response is going to be the... It's, it's going to write the tale of Joe Sackett moving forward, I think. If he does that fucking thing of like, oh yeah, better, um, better cowtail to fucking the media or whatever and bring in a bunch of heavy geezers and then they're shit that's yeah that's where it's gonna gonna go to go to shit isn't it uh, ladies and gentlemen please take a drink as i'm about to say something interesting off season coming up for the abs will with on, mate, fucking without landerskog and Macar needing to get paid oh shit yeah i forgot about Macar. i was looking through having a little little look and little grubauer weeky Vezina yeah, Gru- Grubauer's finalist for Grubauer. They haven't, they haven't got any. They haven't got any goalies apart from Justus Anunen signed next year. Whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, and and um, Brandon Saad as well, who's been effective for them. He's going to go UFA. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring him back. Pierre Edouard Belmar. He's probably not going to need a wedge, but he's still an effective player that they run the risk of losing. Yeah, there's. There's uh, Tyson Yost is going to need a new contract. That's again not going to be massive, but he's I'd say he's an important part of what they've got going on there. But yeah, fucking hell, how how much have they got free next year? Nineteen million. Yeah, we should, shade a shade under twenty million. But that, but to fill that, you've got to get Landeskog, like we said, Landeskog, Saad, Makar, fucking yeah, Grubauer. You could say that Makar, Landeskog, and Grubauer alone would eat up most of that. You it would eat up most of that money for sure. 
Oh yeah, with that well, I I I I could see what Landeskog and Macar getting maybe matching seven mil. Short term for Macar, but yeah, maybe matching seven mil for them. And what you got five mil to sign Grubauer? He's probably going to want to raise fucking Vesna finalists this year for for whatever reason. Yeah, Grubauer again. We you're going to look at your comparables in the league. We say this all the time, but you're looking at players around the league, and you're going to think, well, I'm I'm as good as that guy. Grubauer was going to look at certain goalies and say, well, I'm just as good as Statue Demko. I'm just as good as Jordan Bennington. I'm a fucking Vesna finalist. You know, I want at least five million, five and a half million. Mate, the, the geezer's never been under 9.15 in the regular season. I know. <laughs> he's really good. When, he, when, he's had, when he's had a regular workload, he's never been under 9.16. It's fucking... Yeah, he's really he's, good. He's good. Like, I don't think he's like a flashy, you know, oh, goalie that'll win you a game, but like... He doesn't make mistakes and he ends up on decent teams. What more could you ask for? I guess the Avs will have to try the old, uh, oh no, this player's injured uh, for the season. What are we going to do? <laughs> then because let's move like, on. Go on, sorry. Oh, God, no, I was just going to say, oh, as good as the Avs are, like, I don't, that, they're not, there's not proof of concept that they can do it without one of their top stars. Yeah, very true. The team that did do it without one of their top stars and has moved on to the second round. Continues to do it. Continues to do it. Continues to do it. The $100 million team, literally, Tampa Bay, uh, they beat uh, Carolina last night 2-0. And this is why Tampa Bay are the best team in the league. Regardless of what happens, they're the best team. And they are scary because if you score seven, okay, we'll score nine or ten. If you want to play that game, we'll play that game. That's fine. If you want yeah, us to only, sc- yeah. If you want us to only score two, well, that's fine. But you're only going to score one. Are you going to score none? So you can't really see <laughs> like how how do you beat them? If your forwards can only score one greasy goal, that's fine. Our goal is just going to save fifty shots and blank you out. No problem. If our goalie shits his pants and lets in six, I'm fine. We'll just score eight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll all help each other out. <laughs> For fuck's sake, it's just it's insane. They're so good. That Braden Point goal last night, man. Oh, my God. Just absolutely disgusting. I mean, just takes the guy's pants down and laughs at him. Like, what are you... I mean, oh, man. It's, yeah, that, that was a fucking beautiful goal. Like, crikey. If, if you if you need an example to to perpetuate the myth that you can't have rookie goalies in, in the fucking NHL, Jesus Christ, like, just mugging him off on the spot like a fucking mime. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. But yeah... I don't know how you beat how you beat the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Lightning. What I would quite like to see, thinking about it now, I want to see Lightning Islanders just to see how the Islanders deal with them. Talk about you know the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Fucking hell, <laughs> the exciting machine versus the boring contraption. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The 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 black hole versus the fucking sun. Like, I don't know. How, how do you want to slice it up? Like, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a styles clash, isn't it? Yeah, well, one hundred percent is, and I think if anyone's going to be able to stop the lightning, it'd be the Islanders. That—that's the only way you could get me to willingly tune into an Islanders game, is to see him go up against the fucking Harlem Globetrotters of hockey and see, all right, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I put on Twitter last night that people always talk about super teams in the NHL and why aren't there any super teams? There is a super team. It's the Lightning. We have one already. We're watching it right now. Yeah, we we are fucking living it. Yeah. Granted, it's not, you know, all Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin and fucking Nathan McKinnon are all on the same team, but 
this is about as close as you're going to get to a fucking Real Madrid, isn't it? Absolutely. Best goalie, best defenseman, three of the best forwards. And probably, like, <laughs> probably the best them. three of them. The best two-way... Braden Point, in my opinion, is, is easily the best young two-way forward in the league. It's not, and it's not close. It's not close, oh, yeah, by that, the way. That's how doubt. fucking good he is. He is ridiculous. It's not close. And then, of course, you've got a fucking Hart Trophy winner. Kucherov's just... I mean, I mean, I know he didn't play this season, for whatever reason. But, I mean, fucking hell. You just forget how good some players are. Because I think, and if your team wasn't in that division this year, you probably didn't pay attention to them too much or look at what was happening or... You just forget, dude. It's what the playoffs is good for. Just watching players go, oh, yeah. Nikita Kucherov's fucking unbelievable, isn't he? I forgot how just insanely good he is. The whole team, though. The whole team. Just mad. And I know everything gets made about their their cap stuff and all that kind of shit. And I'll make jokes about it because it's funny, but this team isn't just a bunch of first overall picks. I've mentioned before, the Lightning scouting and drafting and developing of players... Is, is second to none. Kucherov was taken with the 58th pick. Braden Point was taken 79th. You don't need it. Yanni Gord and Tyler Johnson were not even drafted. Barkley Goodrow, not even drafted. Victor, uh, Victor Hedman was like... and But then you got players like Hedman, Stamkos. Yeah, you need those players as well, but just their ability to find these players and develop them is just ridiculous. Alex Kalorn, 77th overall. And he's already chipped in with something like eight or nine goals. It's, it's the development side of it that's the most important for me and the most impressive for, for Tampa Bay. Because, yeah, they're finding these players in the later rounds. Yeah, you're pointing to Kucherovs, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it, it's not like fucking NHL 21 where you just pick this player and, like, oh, look, he's got medium elite potential and I took him 39th or whatever. Oh, lucky me. I've got a great player on my hands. No, there's a reason these players slip, and it's not just that people don't understand that they're going to be good. It is that there's flaws in their game, and you know the the Tampa Bay Lightning do what they can as an organization to help iron out those flaws and improve the player. Not to say that you know Point and Kucherov don't have that innate skill and you know drive and work ethic, whatever you want to call it, but it is a combination of of the two that you know you can't just say. Team X could have picked Braden Point and he would have turned into Braden Point. It's not... You you can't prove that, so you can't have that as as an argument. So I, th- I think the development side of it is is very important. Yeah, because I looked at... Um, I was looking at Kucherov and Point yesterday, going back over their sort of junior history and, you know, before they got called up. Mm. Point had... I mean, I've just, I've just got back on it now, but he had unbelievable unbelievable figures coming into that draft and maybe it was yeah. his, I, I bet I bet you anything it was because of his fucking size I'll bet you any money oh yeah with, because without of a doubt because he's because he's what 5'11 oh, Mushjaw Warriors WHL 88 points in 48 games the season before with Mushjaw 87 points in 60 games season before that 91 points in 72 games this in, a, in a junior league bump. that's notoriously hard to score in yeah yeah and just goes all the way to the third round. I just... <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's a mad thing to me. What, he's a 2014 pick, isn't he? Yeah, so what? 13-14. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't shone at um, international level, which, rightly or wrongly, I think a lot of teams do lean on. 
you know, four points in five games at the Ivan Linker is is impressive, really impressive. But it's not it's not enough to, you know, fucking hell if if um Alex Debrinkat can have back to back hundred point seasons in the OHL of all leagues and still drop to the second round. No chance of Braden Point, you know, coming out of the WHL and not not scoring at a four point a game clip at international level was gonna go any higher than the fucking second. I know, yeah. It's just the inherent biases of whether it's on the scouting level or 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 whatever it might be, you know, organisation wide, there are biases against size, against which league you come out of, X, Y, and Z, performance internationally, that are gonna that are gonna affect you. But like you say, credit to the kid, you look at every fucking level he plays at. He's fucking mustard. And we should shout we should shout out Carolina. I just I it's oh, unfortunate. Mate. It's unfortunate they have to play. It's unfortunate they have to play such good teams every year. And I just think they're going to be one of those teams who was just we were really good. We had great young talent. We developed. We had great play. You know, we had all these things going for us. But every year we had to play Tampa or Boston or fucking whoever, and we were just never quite there. Yeah, and and I, I don't know what you do about that because it it's not even like they're. I don't know the the Habs or the Leafs or whatever. You know, or you're in a in an easy division this year, and you're going back to the hard division with better teams. Like they are the reason that divisions are hard. The Carolina Hurricanes. So I think it's yeah. They're just one of those ones where it's like you just got to fucking keep going, keep trying, and eventually you'll get that that mix of luck and 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 reward that that gets you through, isn't it? We shouldn't forget as well, they were in that division with Florida and Tampa, and they finished top of that division. Yeah. Like, Carolina are a really, really good team. They're a fucking amazing team. And and it, and it's <laughs> it's funny that it's Carolina especially, because they've gone from the team where every year it's like, oh, next year's going to be their year, they're going to turn into a good team and make the playoffs, and now they've turned into a good team and they're making the playoffs, and we're still having that conversation of like, next year it's all going to fall for them. <laughs> Yeah, fucking... a... Oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> but but I think that's uh. you would hope at least. I know that you know you've got a, diff- a slightly different uh, organisational structure compared to before they made the playoffs and that. But you'd hope that you know someone as smart as Eric Tolsky is going to be looking at this and saying, "Yep, we've been through this before. We know what to do. Just keep stick to the plan, and it's all going to come eventually." Yeah, for sure. All right, should we should we start the show? <laughs> I, I suppose we should. I suppose we probably should. As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks over at Wave Intel. Check out Wave Intel for easy to read stats and data on players, coaches, GMs, everything. I am sure at some point as well, we'll get hot dogs per 60 at various arenas. And if you want to be angry or happy with your team, you should definitely go to Wave Intel to find out why. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter and on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, smart speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, helps a lot. And tell someone if you like the show. And if they listen and they don't like it, though, you will owe them five English pounds. We've uh, we got a shout out goalie, Taya Curry, who was selected oh, by the Sarnia yes. Sting to become the, the first female OHL draft pick. Fantastic stuff. She was taking a... Uh, 
267th overall. Uh, 16 years old, dude. Talk about having like kind of, I don't know, a whole world kind of thrown at you straight away. I hope she handles it okay and everything. And uh, they're kind of, because people are going to be looking, like she is going to be looked at like constantly, constantly. The second she lets in a softie, you just fucking know what's going to happen. You just, you just know it. Yeah. So yeah, that's... I hope she gets kind of protected and looked after. And I know she said in an interview, like, you know, don't treat me, you know, just treat me like a normal player. I'm, I just want to, I just want to play. I'm just a goalie. I'm not a girl, blah, blah, blah. I'm a goalie. That's, I want to be treated the same. She's not going to be, but I hope she has the right people around her to kind of guide her through it. Yeah, here's, here's fucking hoping. Who who took her, sorry? Was it? Uh, Sarnia. Sarnia, Sarnia Sting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're not necessarily famed as, uh, yeah, like an impressive organisation at Allah, you know, like the Regina Pats or the the Sue Greyhounds or whatever. But yeah, like you say, I just hope that they handle her properly, stuff like that, you know, let her develop in her, in her own right and... Yeah, see see what happens. Let, let the chips fall where they, where they may based on her own performance. You know what I mean? Not not them trying to make a gimmick out of drafting the first you know, first woman into the OHL. Just let let the fucking hockey speak for itself and don't Yeah, it's it's amazing, it's wonderful from a social standpoint that we've had we've had a woman drafted into the OHL. That is absolutely fantastic and that shouldn't be forgotten. But equally, now don't don't turn her into a fucking roadside attraction. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I remember the first. I remember the first time when I was a kid that I was kind of Christ. This is going to sound awful, but the excellent love where this is going. Yeah, this is going to sound terrible, but I will explain it. The girls were perfectly fine playing in the same sport as guys for the most part. It was like. Because again, when you're growing up as a boy, you just end up playing football with your mates and girls don't ever join in. And I remember the first time we were playing, I think it was like 12 or something like that. And we were playing with my mates and this girl who was 13, I think it was a friend's sister or something. I can't remember, it was like fucking 30 years ago nearly. But I think it was a friend's sister turned up and she'd been playing football since she was sort of like, you know, the classic two years old. She, you know, she was born with a ball at her feet basically. And she was fucking awesome. <clears throat> but of course she turned up. And all the lads were kind of like, oh, fucking hell, fucking girl, like that. We kick off, and it was just a little seven-a-side, smaller pitch, kind of like futsal type, but smaller pitch, that kind of thing. Yeah. And she she rinsed me for this goal, and then she jogged back when I'm going to... She said, I'm going to eat your fucking lunch all day. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> shit. Still, I think I did it wrong. <laughs> I'll never no. forget it. I'll never forget it. What you're telling <laughs> me, Dad, is we, we shouldn't allow women in men's professional sports because they're all fucking meanies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and looking no. back on it now, she has to she had to be like that. She can't yeah, be all yeah, timid and shit, can that, she? Yeah. She has to be tougher than the guy. She had to be tougher than all of us because she just knew straight away the second she got there, we were all going to laugh, doubt her, take the piss, no, oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't fucking be at home and in the kitchen and all that shit in the kitchen. You know, fucking saying stupid shit like that, dude. I'll never forget it. And my face must have absolutely fucking hit the floor <laughs> because not only did this girl just fucking absolutely mug me off, she then gave me shit on the way back. <laughs> Looking back at it now, I fucking love everything about it. But dude, at the time, I was just crushed. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this girl's like fucking rinsed me. <laughs> what am I gonna I, do? I can un- 
I can only imagine you have to develop like an even harder exterior if you actually have the skills as well. You know what I mean? Oh, God, like, yeah. If you know in your heart of hearts that you're fucking mustard and you're still not getting those. Yeah, not that not that we shouldn't give opportunities to 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 minorities that aren't mustard. But yeah, if you know in your heart of hearts like, I'm fucking shit hot and I'm still not getting a fair shake no matter how good I am, that make anyone fucking pissed off, no matter your 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 fucking gender, colour or creed, you know what I mean? It's true, and you know what? We we all went we all went into. I must have been. I think it was a Saturday. We're going to school on the Monday, and I think there was six. I think there was me and five other friends, and we'd be playing, and we were telling our other friends, and they were all going, "All right, yeah, of course she was." I was like, "You don't fucking understand." She was real, and they're like, "Yeah, of course she is, mate." I'm like, "Oh for fuck!" And I got it straight away. I was like, "Oh my god, she has to deal with this every fucking day." That you say this girl's really good, not just. Not just the classic, oh, she's good for a girl. No, she fucking mugged us all off. She was fucking good. And all of our friends did exactly what we did. Yeah, of course she is, mate. And like that girl has to prove herself every single time she's on the pitch. And Taya Curry is going to have to do the same thing. She's going to have to try and prove herself every single time. And that's like I said, I hope, you know, she has the people around her who can help her out. But yeah, I'll never forget that. And it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. <laughs> Me getting rinsed. <laughs> Beautiful story by by the by Manchester's answer to Ronaldinho. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Ronald fucking hell. <laughs> I was gonna think I was more Manchester's answer to John O'Shea, but I think even that's a bit of a fucking stretch. <laughs> no, I'll say she was Manchester's answer to Ronaldinho. Oh, you? sorry, yeah. No, yeah, thinking I I fucking thought I was, didn't I? I thought I was fucking like, oh yeah. I'll be a pro one day. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, we have to uh, we have to talk about Team Canada and their improbable gold medal. A, a truly memorable achievement for a country that has all of the best coaches, all the best equipment, all the best facilities. I think for them to even get that far was astounding after, you know, battling against such luminaries as Latvia and Germany, you know, true powerhouse nations. Do I sound a little bit annoyed by some of the coverage? A little bit, yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> Can you tell? I think it's it's a hard one. It's it's a tricky one this year because like um, be careful. It's a, it's, a, it's a shit team. It's a fucking shit team they put out. I'm trying. I'm trying to get the. Uh, I'm trying to get the fucking uh, the roster up. But I can't get it quick enough. Point 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 being, it's fucking bollocks. Like there, there's a bunch of shit shit players on there, but at the same time, that's the same difference for fucking everybody. You know what I mean? Everybody had a shit shit roster this season exactly so I don't think it's necessarily yeah like I'm I'm kind of with you in the sense of like yeah it's being overblown the, the, you know, it's not the miracle on ice 2.0 is it but at the same time like yeah it's, it's impressive for those that group of players you know you don't want to take anything away from that group of players who arguably are never going to play for Team Canada ever again you know, to to get the gold. Like I, I'm more happy for this team Canada to win gold than any other year where Sidney Crosby turns up ten games into the tournament and just starts dicking on people. <laughs> I agree. I do, I do agree. It is good for those players, especially like you say, the players who'd never get a shot normally. But the players who we can't even remember, like Connor Connor Brown, led the Connor led Brown, the Adam Enrique scoring. That's cool. Troy Stetcher, Andrew Andrew Manjapanji, yeah, Andrew um, Franjapan, who basically Man turned Japan. it around. They didn't until he turned up. They were fucking awful. He turned up and they suddenly started playing really well. 
but it's the thing like you look at you look at that roster like fucking yeah it's, it's a bunch of youngsters you might you know Cole Perfetti I'm sure might get his chance again at some point but like fucking Nick Paul having an amazing yeah a fourth line centre for the Ottawa centres having a great world championships that's a beautiful story in its own way I'm not sure if it's a and maybe my Canadian brothers or sisters could help me here and maybe I'm wrong please feel free to correct feel free to correct me that's fine but it just comes across all the time like there's a massive inferiority complex in Canada you know just that kind of oh my god we got the gold medal I can't believe it and I'm thinking 90% of the players on Team Canada have better facilities training everything compared to any other country outside of maybe outside of America you know I, I don't care what team Team Canada puts out on the ice it could be a bunch of juniors they should be better than Team Latvia they should be better than Team Germany they should the the story itself isn't remarkable that after Canada went 0 and 3 they had to have i think it was seven or eight things go exactly correct for them to qualify <laughs> for the quarters and they did yeah that's, that's unbelievable that is the mad thing but that's not team canada's doing that's just fate so maybe we'll have to release a you know <laughs> a congratulations video to team fate <laughs> or something like that that's odd and weird and pretty amazing can you believe they turned it around yeah yeah, I can. <laughs> they should have done, you know. That, that's understand. the thing. I think. I think a lot of the a lot of the surprise comes from how far they'd fallen. But then that, like you said, doesn't necessarily make it a reason to celebrate. That's that's more of an indictment of like, yeah, you were fucking shit to start with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't believe how it's shit not... we were. No, I can't believe we won. So oh, God, I can't <laughs> believe we nearly got nearly got fucking relegated. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe we were that bad. I just have to quickly mention this before the last thing we do. Did you hear Charles Barkley's nickname for Do you know Anthony you know you know Anthony Davis who plays for the Lakers? Yeah, 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 AD. Yeah. Do you know what Charles Barkley nicknamed him? I don't, I don't even want to know. Go on. Dude, it's a fucking amazing. It's the most hilarious yet at the same time disrespectful nickname I've ever heard. <laughs> Barkley says because he never plays, because he's always injured, he just nicknamed him Street Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> because that's all he ever wears. That's fucking street beautiful. Clothes. Isn't doesn't, that amazing? <laughs> doesn't even have a jersey number. Right. right? The game the Lakers got knocked out in, Davis played the first five minutes. Clearly could not play. Was I mean, like, should not have even been on the fucking court, right? He comes back. So he goes, obviously then heads back to the locker room because he can't play, comes back out not in his street clothes, comes back out in his team's official like tracksuit <laughs> because he knows Amazing. if I come back out in my street clothes, fucking Bosh. Chuck's just going to give it to me. <laughs> first first quarter intermission, Chuck's straight on there. I don't I can't do a good... I can't even... I don't even want to think about doing a Charles Barkley impression, but yeah, you can only imagine. You can only imagine. <laughs> street clothes, that's unreal unreal please end up with a hockey coverage like this please i was just thinking of like who's a hockey player who's always injured and just you know gretzky's out there yeah i call him sick note because he never turns up he never turns up for work (laughs) oh fuck are we so good so good sick note yeah (laughs) the tampa bay sick notes tampa bay sick notes fucking street clothes isn't that amazing Yes, that's the thing of beauty. That is, you can't you can't what? teach that. 
You can't teach that. You can't. That is genuine. That is genuine comedic ability. That is. You just can't. There's no legislation for that. Calling a guy street clothes. Oh my god. I don't, I don't care how much time you put in the gym. How much? No. Yeah. How much work you put on the court? You never. You're never going to get that. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. The last thing. It is quiet at the moment outside the hockey playoffs because obviously. You know, pieces aren't moving, people aren't doing deals yet, expansion's coming, so it's all kind of quiet on that front until we get the draft it's, and all that kind of thing. It's actually illegal for a GM who's not in the playoffs to use his phone while the playoffs are going on. Yeah, a well-known uh, unwritten rule. Actually, no, a well-known written rule in the CBA. It's uh, in there, 27.4, paragraph 7, I think. It's, uh, yeah, definitely illegal. You can go to federal prison, I think, so... No one's all, all jokes aside, there has to be like a mandate coming down from Bettman and Daly saying that you can't. Because imagine if Jack Eichel got traded on a night where it was fucking, I don't know, the, the Islanders. Yeah, Tampa like, Vegas like, like, Game yeah. 7. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or any, even like a lesser um, a lesser game that, you know, because Tampa Vegas Game 7 is going to get the fucking coverage no matter what. But yeah, imagine if there was a massive trade on a night where. Maybe a less favourable playoff matchup was happening. That's that's a negative outcome for for the NHL. So I can I I sincerely believe that there's a mandate for yeah. Don't you know what's even do anything while the playoffs are on? What's even more interesting is is if you can do the deals, but you can't announce it until the playoffs are finished. Oh mate, yeah, definitely. What you think about that? So you just ring up Gazol Bill and say, oh yeah, we've just traded Eichel to uh, St Louis for. Um, fucking, I don't know, <laughs> whoever. Name the joke again. It's fine. Can we announce it yet? No, no, you can't. You've got to wait two months before the <laughs> before the playoffs is finished. Oh, all right, okay, fine, no worries. If if if, if the trades end up like um like injury disclosures, the second the playoffs are ended, like bam, seventy five trades. <laughs> yeah. See you later. So with it being quiet and um, with the uh, UFA market, we thought we'd have a look and see if we could pick teams using only this season's UFA class. It's not a draft, so we can take the same players. And we're also discounting the salary cap because we were going to take into account this season's cap hit, but then we realised that'd be boring as shit because we'd end up with sort of 12 players making a million dollars, which is just not very exciting. So salary cap is discounted. And position-wise, as long as those players are listed as playing under that position on cap friendly, they can play in that position. So, for example, no Ovi playing left defense or putting fucking Philip Grubauer up front just for just for lols. That, that's what I was thinking when I wanted to build this team. I thought, what's the dumbest team I could possibly build? That's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. How do you want to do it? Do you want to go line by line or position by position? What do you want to do? Ooh, uh, I've written mine out in lines, so I suppose line by line could be fun rather than... Yeah, I did, I did do lines as well. I did do lines as well. Gwen, you go first. What have you got for your top line then? All right, my top line. So I'd lost it all. Oh, sorry. And this is just for one season as well. So don't, yeah, this isn't like, you know, we're building a team for the future here. No, this is one season, build a UFA team. Yeah, sorry, mate. Off you go. Yeah, th- th- so that that part of it is where I've completely fucked up and left a load of people out because I'm like, nah, they're fucking a million years old. I'm not taking any fucking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, Alex Ovechkin has not made my turn. Uh, so my first line, I got a left wing. Alexander Ovechkin, because no. fucking so. So this is this is just to just to leave you all in suspense. The thing that I was half contemplating. Sorry, one pick, one the first player, and you're already trying to do justifications. 
Well, no, it's not justifications. Like it's something that I didn't go with in the end. But like, and, and Ovi is a perfect mm. example of it. There are people on this UFA list that one hundred percent are not becoming free agents. Agreed. Such as yes, Alexander Ovechkin. Yes. But I've still picked some of those players just in the sense. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, they're on, they're yeah, on the of course, list. Yeah. They're on the list. So I've got Ovi left wing. I've got Landeskog at the right wing. I think he's listed that he can play right wing. But he's a fucking winger. He can... No, he's not. But fuck him. He can play fucking right wing. Fuck him. I'll already. already. <laughs> okay, so the all first right, player right. justification. Second player already breaking the rules. Okay, right, fine, whatever. Me, let, all right, I'll swap it. All right. Gabe Landeskog, left wing. Alexander Ovechkin, right wing. Thank you very much. We're all happy. Once again, you are the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning of these games. Just trying to circumvent, trying to circumvent wherever you can. I fucking do do whatever I can to build my incredibly mediocre team. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the middle. Okay, yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, I, had, I had the same. I had Landeskog left wing, Ryan Hopkins in the centre, and I had Brandon Saad on the right wing. Oh. Which says to me that you've left Ovi at home. Ovi's not been left at home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little note of what um, players we have overlapping. That'll be because I want to know who's missing. Um, my second line, I've got Taylor Hall on the left. Yep. Yep. Same. You, you're making me question all my fucking picks now. Who? Why? <laughs> Why did you guess? Because well, I'm starting because uh, I wasn't that. Diligent. If you can play one wing, you can play the other fucking wing. Like, come on, mate. We're all grown ups here, dude. I laid out the rules yeah. in the message. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you drive across the border into Mexico, you can't take fruit with you. Is that rule a bit bonkers? Yeah, it probably is. But you can't. Those are the rules. Simple. Okay. <laughs> if you're Paul McCartney of the Beatles, maybe you've heard of them. You can't take weed into Japan. If you do and they catch you, you will get banned from there for many years. <laughs> is it a bit bonkers? <laughs> yeah, it is. But those are the rules. Okay. <laughs> Did that happen? Did McCartney get yes. uh, banned from Japan? Yes. For... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking big up Paul. That's so how you know. Take... That's how you know Japan don't fuck with their rules. Fucking one of the Beatles couldn't get around the system. <laughs> Fucking Paul McCartney can't get around the system. Nobody is. And that's why I'm not allowed to have a Landeskog on the right wing. Um, <laughs> it's t- Paul McCartney's Taylor... fault. <laughs> Taylor Hall left wing. Yeah. Zachary Hyman on the right wing and Philip Deneau. Down the middle for line two. Oh, Philip Deneau is an interesting choice. Very interesting good, choice. Good defensive centre. Good defensive yeah, centre. Yeah, I agree. And I feel I like agree. the centres on this UFA list are not the best position. I was going to say this to you before, but I, I can say it now we're on to the show. But it's interesting how every year there seems to be an abundance of one position and more of a dearth at another position. Left wing oh, yeah, this year, got, there seems to be yeah. way better players. Yet in centre this year... It's definitely kind of off a bit. Let alone if you're trying to look for a defenseman this summer, like fucking hell. I mean, yeah, to be fair, there's like the whole defence, not even just a certain side, is kind of <laughs> it's kind of yeah, bad. Yeah. You're fucked. Uh, yeah, so left wing, I had Taylor Hall. Right wing, I had Zach Kineman. Centre, I had David Krejci. Okay, so there is the first one. I'll, I'll, I'll tell on myself now. I haven't picked David Krejci. Okay, I just I, I can get I can get. I that probably though. should have, but there's just part of me is like, nah, nah, I don't want him. I don't want him. But again, I don't think that's a kind of like we've done drafts before. There are certain players that you have to pick, and you miss out a certain player. You think, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot to take that guy. I don't think create like like we said. There's kind of a few players on here that will definitely get taken, but you know, yeah, that's fine. I don't think that's a, a terrible oversight to not take Krejci. 
I do think that's very unfair to David Krejci though, and and, and a great uh, you know example of how underrated he is at the moment. <laughs> Dude, he's still really good. Still really good. He's so so fucking good. Forty four points in fifty one games, but I still don't fucking want him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have you got on your third line? Uh, my third line, I've got Brandon Saad on the left, uh, Michael Granlund on the right, and Alex Wenberg in the middle, because I like a bit of Alex Wenberg. Alex Wenberg, interesting. Okay. Alex Wenberg. So my left wing, um, yeah, of course I had to get Ovi in there. Ovi's in there on the left wing. Uh, I just thought, you know, getting a bit older, reduces minutes a bit, but yeah, just still stand out there. Fucking smack him in one time as why not. Uh, I had Blake Coleman on the right wing. I like a bit of jam. <sighs> yeah, good choice. And then he had, yeah, and then he had uh, Mikel Granlund in the centre. Fucking there you go, mate. There you go. That's, that is interesting. Blake Coleman. Uh, so my th- uh, my fourth line, I've got uh, Jaden Schwartz on the left, Nick Foligno on the right for my jam, and uh, Paul Statsny down the middle. Still a, still a very good player of yours, mate. Interesting. Okay, we've got some differences here then. Okay, so yeah, I had Jaden Schwartz on the left. I had Kyle Palmieri on the right for, my, for a yeah. bit of size. Yeah. And then I took your thinker before, I'd Philip the No down the centre. A bit more of a, a tougher line. I had that a fourth line, kind of tougher, maybe a bit more checking involved, but could still nick a goal here or there. Yeah, I, I, I can't blame you for taking Palmieri. I, I did on an R with him. I probably would have taken him over Granland potentially, but it just I feel like his playoff performance is maybe going to be his last hurrah as, a, as an effective player. Personally, you see, I, that's why I didn't take Felino. I um Denard over Felino because I just yeah. thought, you know what? I, as much as I've thought about it, I've never actually been wowed by him or thought, oh yeah, he's a guy who can really do something for a team. If I had a team, you know, I could I could use a guy like that. I've never thought that about him. So, but again, it's kind of kind of interchangeable. No, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Do you, do you want to go first with the D as I went first with the forwards? Carry on as we are, mate. I'll let you go first. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. So left D on my first pair, I've got Alec Martinez, and then on the right, I've got. Obviously, Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, Christ, if nobody picks Dougie Hamilton here, you need to turn your hockey card in. Uh, I had an underrated little underrated little gem who's definitely going to get way more airtime next year, and that's I know, uh, Mike 100%. Riley. Yeah, of course. The Bruins. I, knew, I knew you were going to pick Mike Riley for your first Dude's game. unbelievable. He's so good. He's so good. I guess playing in Ottawa for all that time was just nobody. Like I, like I said, I'd never even heard of him when the Bruins picked him up. I was like, who the yeah, fuck you, is this guy? He went from fucking uh, Minnesota to to Ottawa. So like fucking hell, if you want a a nobody sort of career path. It's not out of the frying pan into the fire. It's out of the cave into some cobwebs. You're just like, who? (laughs) What? 100%. But he's been amazing and should absolutely, absolutely be a top priority for the Bruins to re-sign this year. No question. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Is he carrying? Because I know he was good when he first started, when he first came into the Bruins, but like... Yeah, has he, has he carried on like that? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely carried on. He's been really good for us. Really good. Fucking fair play to him. Okay, uh, so line. my second pairing. This is this is where I started to struggle because, like, I feel like there's there's a lot of like bottom four defensemen, but I don't really like any of them. So on the right, I've got Tyson Barry, who I think is yep. the other. Uh, no, you know, no brainer for this this defenseman class. You know, all due respect to Mike Riley, but like, yeah, when you're looking at two two players that are going to be have going to be given a wedge this summer, it's got to be Barry and Hamilton. I've I've chucked in with Jamie Alexiak because I, I was oh, comparing him to a lot of other fucking lot of homer. Other left-sided... Absolute homer, 
fucking terrible. <laughs> it is very, it is very hard rush, but but he's been decent. He's proven that he can do it alongside maybe a more attacking D man of a partner as as Barry. He's got a lot of size, you know. Not that you necessarily want size. He's he's not a particularly physical player, considering he's fucking enormous. But he's good. He's solid. I think he's one of those players that like. Yeah, nobody rates him around the league because there's nothing to rate. He's just fine, does the job. So yeah, went for went for Alexiak. I I genuinely joking aside though, I he was on my list at the end of sort of third pairing guys who I was just kind of umming and yeah. around about. I had about six or seven, cool. and he was near the top of that list. But my yeah, my right side, uh, yeah, Tyson Barry, and then my left side because you didn't take Riley, you had Martinez. I put Martinez on my second line with Barry. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, Martinez still playing. Yeah, still playing really well. So would be a good. Yeah, pick still talk, talk about a non-flashy D man who's going to just do a job for you. Fucking hell, yeah! Can't yeah, can't look past Alec Martinez. So my my third pairing, you can love this third pairing. <laughs> okay. Get it all out. We go. We go, we go five for, five forward third pairing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike Riley. Mike Riley on the left. Oh yeah, great choice. Yeah. And uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, Eric Gustafson on the right. <laughs> no, you're. The... I, fucking, I have to, I have to. Best best Swedish defenseman in the league. No, not even close. Oh, it took us till this long, people, for me to just guffaw at one of my, my last skater. I knew, I knew it when I picked him. Because I was looking at there's fucking other people there that you're like, oh yeah, I should probably take, I don't know, Alex Goligoski or fucking Jason Demers or Ryan. So what Murray, you're saying whatever. is you've picked this guy, what you're saying is you've built this team and picked this guy purely for lols. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Not purely for lols. He's still been decent. He's been good for the Canadians. God, thank God you're not involved in the Kraken expansion draft. You're sat there going I to am. fucking Ronnie Francis. Hey, do you know it'd be hilarious First. if we took? Hear me out. Hear me out, right? You know it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I've got one suggestion for you, Big Ron, and he's the only <laughs> player you're ever going to need. It's Eric Gustafson. Oh, I don't like that pick at all. At all. Mate, Giza's Giza's one of the best defensemen of the last last decade. The last week. <laughs> the last week. No, specifically not the last week. That's the problem. Too much recency bias. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> like how I said, I... you... go on. I just, I just, how did he have sixty points on that fucking Blackhawks team? Like how? How? Because it's easy if you're getting secondary assists when you fucking give the puck to Jonathan fucking Taves or Patrick Kane and they do something amazing and set someone up. It's there easy. You go, there you go. That's the thing. Give it give it to Ovi. Give it to Taylor Hall. He's going to be right up there again. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there was a few players I kind of circled at this point and I thought there's loads of guys who would just be decent enough. David Savard didn't make it onto my list, who is maybe somebody who's underrated. I don't know. I've but looking looking at the stats, like David Savard ain't as good as people think he is. For me, yeah, like I said, it was it was the um, Nick Foligno thing for me. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, that's why no one wants to play Columbus. <laughs> no, you get, get no respect, no respect, no respect, no respect. I did look at Eric Gustafsson, but then I hit myself on the head and came to my senses. <laughs> as I mentioned, Jamie Alexiak as well. I couldn't bring myself to take Brandon Montour. I just don't think he's very good. I, nah, I've not I looked just... at his stats or anything. I just don't think he's he's that good. Um, I went for some kind of boring, just guys who I know can play OKD. Uh, left side, I took Ian Cole. Just yeah, fine, fair, whatever. Fair enough. And then right side, I took uh, Adam Larson. 
Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Like, perfectly fine D men who are probably going to get too much money. And yeah, looking at, looking at this kind of exercise, it's like well, you could take a fucking below average, you know, four, five, six defenseman, or you could roll the dice with Eric Gustafson. And why would you not take that risk to unlock the power of Gustafson once again? Why would you not take that risk? There's too many. Re- There's too many reasons why I wouldn't take that risk. Are you, are you serious? Good. Would you rather Adam Larson for five mil or um, Eric Gustafson for one and a half mil? Yes, because in this world, world, the salary cap doesn't matter. We've already discussed this. Okay, no, but in, but in real life, in in genuine life, mm, in real life, I'd look for somebody better than both of them for like maybe two mil, <laughs> who I could see if I could find somebody. <laughs> of two of them, but that's not where we are. All right, I feel goalies. I feel like these have to be the two same goalies, don't they? I don't know. Goalies, we always disagree on. We always we never have a consensus on goalies, do we? I, Again, because like it's if, fucking voodoo. Because it's fucking. What can the consensus be? It's voodoo. But I, th- I think this out of this crop, like, if ever there's going to be a fucking consensus, sorry, I just want to change this to goalies so I can see who. What, there's there's one other name that I think you might have picked, but even then, it's like, well, t- so, so I've got Tukarask. Yeah. Uh, Philip Grumau. Oh, how boring! Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, like, uh, that's the thing. Who, what, Pekka Rinne maybe, but he's a million years old. I'd say Everyone as well, like, I'd, have, like, I'd probably have Grubauer playing more games at this point than Rask, but it wouldn't yeah, be a 50-50, yeah. but it'd be more 60-40, you know. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I wouldn't but, maybe yeah. go for, like, Hank, but he didn't play the games this year. He's basically might as well be dead. Um, no. If, if we'd have gone um, salary cap uh, rules, like we kind of discussed... Chris Drieger would have been a decent pickup because I think he's like cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, nine, I'd, nine, I'd nine fifty grand. That's yeah, that's nothing. You know, with fourteen games, nine twenty-seven, that's not bad. If you were to save money that uh, way, 14, you could do. But there's 14 no wins. Fourteen wins. Sorry, fourteen wins. Sorry, yeah, fourteen wins. Um, you were to save money that way, you could definitely do that. But again, there was there's, a couple of backups be a few who would be okay. Yeah, I mean, Linus Allmark you know, as a backup, fine. Dave Riddick as a backup, fine. Peter Mrazek, Peter Mrazek, yeah, um, yeah. Who's the other one I was thinking of? Like, yeah, oh, Anti Ranta, maybe. Anti Ranta is exactly who I was thinking of. Even even Devin yeah. Dubnik, if you can get Devin Dubnik for a mil, fucking give him a go. Why not? Yeah, sure. Even as a third, why not? Fucking hell. Yeah, just bring him in. Stack your stack your fucking organization with perfectly competent goalies, and just find the one that's that's got the magic that year. Definitely. All right, there we go. Decent teams, I feel, actually, both sides. Apart from your ridiculous right D at the end, that was... I just, nah, completely disagree about that. <laughs> completely disagree, but... I think I think your Fair complete enough. lack of respect for David Krejci is more, uh, <laughs> yeah, more shocking than that. I, I almost changed it before we uh, before we started, but I was like, nah. Because I, I, I originally had Tyler Bozak instead of Paul Statsney. I thought, nah, that's... You've had you've had your medal in, and you've got to, you've got to make your bet. You've got to, yeah, you've made your bed with ben, Dave, without David Krejci. You're not allowed to invite him in at the last minute. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, any last words? Uh, nah, to fucking just just remind you to turn your turn your blue light filter on, people. Please. Yeah, get it on. Save your eyes, or you'll end up fucking like Mister Magoo, like my missus. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Magoo, you could say. Mrs. Magoo. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.